0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high speed Wi Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at lq.com.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
0: Hello and welcome to the Fenway Rundown. I'm Matt Vautour. I'm sitting in for Chris Cotillo in this spot today. Um, and with the Boston Marathon and the 10th anniversary of of the events of, at the Boston Marathon in, in 2013 upcoming, uh, I asked Steve Buckley to join me for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, for for the Boston Herald and now for the Athletics. Steve has been one of the most prominent voices in Boston sports and especially on baseball. Uh, two, He's run the marathon, has a friendship with with Dave McGilvery, and who coordinates the 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 marathon. And I, I thought, really, for for over that for the over that time frame, that that Steve would have a uh, a, a real good, um, just perspective on 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 how those events all fit together and uh, with baseball and, and the marathon and so forth. So, Steve, I, I, first of all, thanks for thanks for coming on.
1: It is my absolute pleasure because I owe you so much. You were the person who introduced <laughs> me to the Dunkin' Donuts in Right Field at Penway. And when I am in need of caffeine in the sixth or seventh inning, I
0: found an outlet. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, 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 when you your stories are particularly sharp after a late night Red Sox game, I'll I'll feel some uh, some some responsibility for that. So,
1: yeah, I, I hope you are not sponsored by like Best eaten Donuts of uh, <laughs> East Hampton or something and. And uh, it's going to cause all kinds of problems. But I need my coffee, and I know when I need it.
0: I have Duncan. I have a. I have a Duncan cup right next to me at, at, as we're doing this. So, so you're, uh, you're, you're, you're safe on the. you safe on that. On that respect. Well, let's uh, let's let's start by talking about the marathon. Uh, as somebody that 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 grew up in the in the Boston area. What what are kind of your first memories of the marathon? Did Did you go as a kid? Did Were Were you? Um, we, we was, it was it part of your, your existence early?
1: It was a big part of my existence because I grew up in Cambridge. I was a T ride away from the finish line and it was a, there was no school that day because of Patriots day. And, and we were like the, our gang, a little rascals. We were a bunch of kids and we right in central square, the the getting to any place, was easy and and kids had a lot more freedom in those days that they don't have now so at the age of 11 12 years old my friends and I were just showing up not at the not when the winner came across but just to just to sort of take it all in and in point of fact I have an actual autograph of a marathon finisher that when I was like 12 years old I saw one of those guys with those things over their shoulders near the Statler Hilton what is now Park Plaza and I went up and asked him for his autograph, and he gave it to me, and I still have it. So, yes, the marathon was a big deal to me when I was a kid, because I didn't know that, that the winner of the Boston Marathon was any different than Bobby Orr. They, they were, to me, they were the stars of their sport. And I looked at
0: it through that lens. And did you, did you know you wanted to run it someday at that point?
1: No, I thought that it would be impossible to run it, because I was a mere mortal And I didn't think I could run the marathon any more than I could be Johnny Busick carrying the Stanley cup at the garden on May 10th, 1970, or Yaz in left field or any of the other stars uh, from my day. So it, 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 I, I dreamed of running the marathon the way a dream play kid dreams of playing in in the big leagues. That was about the extent of it. When,
0: uh, when, when did, uh, when did that first become something that you wanted to do in, in, in a goal?
1: I covered the marathon uh, for a number of years for the National Sports Daily and then for the Herald. I got to know Dave McGilvery, and uh, I I got to know the track coach at Tufts University. Um, And I remember him saying to me one day, he says, you know, anybody can run one marathon. And this was in my early 50s. And I said, well, I'm 51 years old. All right. He (laughs) said, no, 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 no. Anybody can run one marathon. Then I got to know Sue Hurley. Susan Hurley heads up the, the charity runners, and, uh, and I, I was invited to participate in the 2011 marathon and uh, got involved in a Saturday morning training group. And, and, and the thing I would always tell people, it, it's not the "Oh, I can't go anymore. I'm out of breath. <laughs> That's not what gets you out of the marathon. It's, it's muscle groups breaking down. You know, and pulls and and uh, seizures and hamstrings and stuff like that. That's what you got to get past. And uh, and I, I gutted it out in, in 2011. And 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 again, I'm not a runner. I'm a Clydesdale,
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, and I gutted it out in 2011. And uh, and that's one of my great joys of my life that I did that. And I did it again. And I'm I think I'm sort of going on to your next question, but. I, I ran the 14 marathon as a charity runner as a result of what happened in 13. I felt I needed to get back out there.
0: Where, where does, where does kind of, when you think of the things you've accomplished in your life, is, is that pretty high up there in, in terms of things you're proud of?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's different, there's, there's family and relationships, of which is like a separate category. Um, from, from the other stuff. And then there's, professional goals. And then there's, I don't know what you would call it, lifetime achievements. And uh, like, like I was in the eighth grade and I was a lousy baseball player. I mean, I was just, I was just not an athlete. That's just the way it is. But I hit this ball in eighth grade um, in this like summer league uh, that, that went over into a bush and I got a home run that was off a kid named Jimmy Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and it was an actual like round the bases home run. So, there's that and then there's I finished the marathon you know so it, it, it's uh it's you know I, I was never the captain of any team I didn't get my you know I wasn't all scholastic in, in any of the newspapers um but I got it out two marathons and yeah it's way up there
0: Jimmy Smith who's now that that sounds like a witness protection program name it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't want anyone to know that he uh, gave up the home run to to Steve Buckley
1: he he we ended up going to high school together and um we were in different schools in like grandma's school. Um uh and he would see me in the hallway. Hey, here's the guy
0: who hit or run off me. So yeah, he's <laughs> a good, good kid. Nice. Um when you when you think of kind of what the marathon means to the city, and 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 maybe it's 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 tweaked a little or or changed a little since. Since 2013, but but as an event that that brings people together from a coverage standpoint, and 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 sort of the the there are thousands of of people running side by side, but with them are carrying thousands of of stories and and charities and 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 reasons that that they did it. How for you, as someone that that, that covered the event, how powerful was it to to kind of see? Each of those individual stories and, and and hunt for the stories that you found
1: well you answered you answered your own question uh the individual Bad stories <laughs> and the, the the uh the 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 hunting frankly is minimal uh, i've been telling people for years that if, if you and you're a columnist if you show up at the finish line of the boston marathon and just point to any person who comes across just like that, I, and I, you know. And by the way, I keep meaning to do this. I, I, when I was at the Herald, I floated this idea. It didn't go over well. It wasn't received, uh, and then I didn't revisit it. I think I tried it again later on, and then I didn't revisit it. But my my idea is my marathon assignment is I'm gonna wander down to the finish line at, at picket time, 2.01 p.m., and I'm just gonna stand there, and I'm gonna point to somebody who comes across. And I'm gonna say, hi, my name is Steve. I'm a writer. I wanna hear your story. And presuming said person doesn't think I'm completely weird, run away from <laughs> me. Uh, I will do a story on that person. And it'll be it'll be a pretty good story. Not because I'm writing it or you're writing it or Chris Cotillo is writing it or anybody <laughs> else, but because the, the story will be good. That person will have a good story to say because that person will have run the marathon for a cause uh, for a uh, for for some deep personal reason, uh, just to run, that person will have suffered injuries along the way in which some medical professional said, "No, you can't run. There will be a story, and it'll be an interesting story. Now, it's not going to be game Seven of the World Series, you know, or Brady and Overtime. you know it's it's not that kind of a great story where the masses are going to wrap themselves around it but if you want to sit down for 5 minutes with a cup of coffee and read a good story read that story written by anybody not just me or you or whoever but the 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 information there're good stories out there
0: i think i think that's a pretty good segue to the 2013 marathon because in in a in a lot of ways the fact that they chose to hit that the cho they chose because it's kind of the event where Boston out, outsiders kind of look at Boston sometimes as as is not terribly welcoming or and it's the event that Boston loves to have everybody here and, and, and embraces all the people that want to be part of this event. It's the cheering for, you know, the cheering for strangers and, and, it's says feel good an event, and um, because of all the things that you just said, and so I, 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 it felt at the time like the fact that they chose to make this and something that they they sought to sow fear and um and, and chaos was almost more offensive than in than a concert or maybe something would have been or it doesn't matter the other the which you're comparing it to just because of. Of the the warmth and, and the and the triumph that the marathon usually is that that it I felt like to, that maybe people were offended that much more and and offended it, may, it isn't even strong enough a word that, that people took it personally that much more. do you think do you think that's fair? well, I mean look at, look at the manner in which people attend the marathon.
1: I mean look at the Richard family from Dorchester, little Martin who lost his life. Right. There's a husband, a wife, and, and kids. Uh, I think they had three kids. Martin was the one who passed, and um, and, and there was an, another son and a girl, and 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 they're like regular folks from Dorchester, who okay. who I don't know if they drove or took the T, and they probably just took the red line to uh, maybe Park Street and walked the rest of the way up because the red line goes right through Dorchester, and and they're folks who. Who want to celebrate the marathon? And again, it's you, you go you go to the Super Bowl to see a team win a game. You go to the Red Sox game to see the Red Sox or whatever team you're rooting for win. You know, most of the people who go to a marathon don't have a rooting interest unless they you know obviously they had, they may have a family member in the marathon as a charity runner or as a uh, uh, contender and 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 they have a rooting interest along those lines but i mean let's be honest most people build a day around hey let's go to the marathon and as you put it so well people from all over the world come to watch the marathon it's a great gathering place and and i often tell people yeah i always go to the finish line but you can also go to cop uh, to kenmore square you can go to route nine up framingham Uh, Chestnut Hill uh, what they call Scream Alley which is right by Wellesley College uh, where where all the students are screaming and um, and that's like really fun stuff and that's people that's people gathering together not to celebrate the marathon so much but to celebrate community and it's such a I I get so emotional talking about the marathon it's it's one of the coolest things that we have um, in this region it's just so wonderful
0: where were you the the day on on that day in 2013?
1: That was one of the few years uh, that I did not cover the marathon. We had a staffing concern or something, but the Sox were playing the Texas Rangers. I believe Napoli won the game with a walk-off double off the wall. And and I had a column mostly written and you know that old wink wink trick we do. We've got the column <laughs> all written and you run down it get the quote to fill up the column. And I was in the clubhouse and I think I talked to an athlete, and I got a friend, a, a call that you know, like literally seconds after it happened, uh, a very good friend of mine was in the marathon and his friend was visiting from Toronto and staying at my house. And, and he, he didn't know Boston didn't know the city. He said, Steve, I don't know what to do. There's been this big explosion. And I'm about a half mile. from My friend Jarrett was like, Three quarters of a mile from finishing the marathon when the bomb went off. So he's a little faster. He might've been involved in that. Sure. And so I I said, where are you right now? And he he looked up and he was in the corner of Boylston and Mass Ave uh, right, right there. Like, and I said, okay, stay there and I'll come find you. And from where my car was parked, I was able to, my car was parked right behind Fenway. So we're on this side of Boylston and I'm able to like this side of Mass Ave rather. So I took that left right there, picked him up, made a left over the Mass Ave Bridge and got right home. And, uh, and of course, I started working columns and, and so forth. The funny thing is, if you picked up the Herald the next day, my, my contribution was a column on Mike Knapp.
0: Because
1: uh, <laughs> I got home and I'd be, well, let me just get this done first. So I, I plugged in some quotes and I sent that in. And I think I did something the following day. I was mostly, they, did, they had all the news side people. And uh, right. so if you pick up the Herald the next day, it's like, you know, Napoli shines and sucks victory. And it's and the entire prose is ignorant of anything that happened in Copley Square.
0: Yeah, it was it was a significant like uh, that was the Jackie Robinson day. I was looking I was watching the um, Netflix documentary last night. Like there, it, that would have been such a kind of memorable day with yeah, everybody's wearing the 42s. And you see, you see the, all yeah. the 42s. Uh, Around Napoli on, on the field, it, it would have been such a memorable day. Normally, but then everything it, it 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 so it obviously so so changed. Um, were you were you riveted to the TV at that point? In, at after that, were you were you among the people just kind of, um, were you were you working it? Were you were you watching news? Kind of some some amount of both.
1: My um my aforementioned friend who ran the marathon was, in point of fact, Jared Barrios, who was the a former state senator who at that time was president of the Red Cross for Greater Boston. Okay. And and uh, I I was able to pick him up, and I drove home because he was staying at my house with friends. And, and he changed, and I drove him to the Red Cross headquarters, which was in Kendall Square in Cambridge. And then I ended up hanging out there. I said, well, let me help you and my help mostly was standing around getting coffee and, and helping out in that respect. I wasn't like, you know, lining up stretches and stuff, but obviously the Red Cross had a presence given everything that was happened. And, uh, and I, and I was mostly an observer to that. And and I think I ended up writing something about it, but that, that, and, and yes, there were TVs there and I was watching uh, all the coverage and uh, it was just such a devastating day for all of us.
0: Yeah. It, it, it feels like almost almost in the in the time that that that's passed it it took weeks and months and in some cases years to to kind of sort out the different kind of uh, the feelings from it and and the under what what we understand from it and and, and everything that re- related a- after that um how quick, how quickly were you back doing any kind of any kind of normal sports coverage after that point. I mean, I think there there was um, Bruins and, and Bruins and Celtics playoffs probably happening right in there as well. to, to take. I remember the Bruins had the uh, had the that very famous national anthem afterward.
1: Rene Renee um I I did not go to that game. I did I did marathon related stuff for the rest of the week. And uh, there was the the police officer, I believe his name is Sean Collier, mm-hmm. uh, who is the MIT police officer who who was who was murdered by these terrorists after the fact. Uh, a day later, I I did a big piece on him because he was from Somerville, and and I tr- and he was in line to join the Somerville PD. He, had, he he was going to go from the MIT campus police to Somerville police, and I I sort of put together a, a, an appreciation piece, if you will, on him. Sure. And, and I did a few other, a few other marathon related things. And, and um, that's, um, that's basically what my connection was for the rest of the week.
0: Um, where the, were the, uh, the, the Red Sox, and people think of the David Ortiz, uh, the David Ortiz speech, and we'll come to that, but the Red Sox, the Red Sox were kind of—it it felt like they were react. Not a lot of guys on that team that that had many New England connections, but it, it felt like that team was feeling what the general public was feeling pretty quickly. They had the uh, the Boston strong jersey hanging in the in the dugout. I think I think that was Will Middlebrooks, uh, that that oh, the six one seven shirt. Yeah, the six one seven.
1: The the, the the only stray from the path I I tend to do I think all the teams did and I think the Red Sox get better remembered uh, because a there was that ceremony at Fenway on Saturday after the um, after the terrorists had been apprehended and and the David Ortiz remark which I'm sure you're going to ask me about in a moment yeah uh, coupled with the fact that as we look back on it. The Red Sox won the World Series that year against all odds. And, and there's that memorable, you know, Johnny Gomes during the rolling rally sort of getting down and winning and kissing the finish line or something like that. And, but, you know, the Bruins went to the Stanley Cup final and, and lost that game six against the Blackhawks. They, they were just as invested uh, right. in, in what was happening. And the, the, the Patriots did their part because they weren't in season. The Celtics were, I think, done at that point. But I, I think all four teams uh, contributed greatly to what was happening there. And 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 the Red Sox did win the World Series, and and they did have the six one. I think they flew to Cleveland, uh, and they played in Cleveland the next night, and they had the shirt hanging in the dugout, and they and and David Ortiz on that sunny Saturday at Fenway against the Royals. Uh, and and that's a big part of it, and that's a lot. As I wrote, and, and and I don't mind saying it over and over because <laughs> I thought it was kind of clever. That was the day Dave from the Dominican became Dave from Dorchester, and uh, he became one of us.
0: You feel you you mentioned the the Bruins to it having they were they were continuing to play through that. Do you feel like that group of athletes at that time were really well suited? To kind of be this like them, they're always symbols for the for the city. But to to kind of embrace that, or do you think the event itself, the 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 enormity of it, and and the 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 terrorism behind it, kind of brought fans and athletes together in in a way that maybe that. Maybe there never had been an opportunity to to see like that in Boston before. I mean, we saw some yeah. of that in, in, in nine, after nine eleven, but but it, it seemed it felt very it felt very connected in in Boston.
1: Yeah, you, you I mean, it's it's a philosophical question, and I'll try to provide a philosophical answer. But the you know, the athletes that we collectively cover and root for, and so forth are not really from here and I don't mean that to right. be dismissive but the reality is that that most of them return to some other place when the season is over um, a lot of athletes have like baseball players all move to Scottsdale now and they work out at athletes performance for two months before spring training a lot of athletes go home we, we, we all remember uh, Zenda Bogarts at the end of the last season saying um, you know I all I want to do is sit under a tree in Aruba, and come on down on and I'll buy you a margarita. And that's what they are. Some of them do live here year-round. Uh, some of them are seasonal residents who find a home here and become, I mean, we all know uh, Dwight Evans is a year-round resident of the Boston area. Jim Lawnboard, uh, uh, I think Pete Brock for years and years uh, from the Patriots, and I mean, we can just go on, John Havlicek lives sure. in Boston, and you know Bobby Orr, so we can go on and on. Um, but this was a, a rare chance for them to, rather than wear the uniform with the city's name on it or team name, to actually participate. And, and there were small examples from over the years. I mean, Dave Collins, I was in college at the time, but during the blizzard of 78, um, I, I hear tell that Dave Collins was in a pickup truck driving around Boston, picking people up and helping plow cars out and stuff like that and 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 Dave Dave Collins wasn't doing that at the behest of the community relations department if they had one back then which they probably didn't um but that was just Dave Collins he was he was a bit of a goof bit of a goof and I say that with the utmost respect and he he was doing stuff and there were all kinds of uh examples uh another one is Roger Clemens um famous story that he he goes to visit a little girl at the Dana-Farber and and She says, well, you're not Roger Clemens. And he says, well, yes, I am. And he says, no, Roger Clemens wears a Red Sox uniform. So Roger Clemens uh, ran back to Fenway, put on his uniform, ran back to the Dana-Farber. And that we know that is only because somebody from the Dana-Farber talked about it. Roger never talked about it. Um, So there are cases like that. But yeah, but but you're right. This was a chance for all the teams. The Red Sox in particular, because as we pointed out, uh, they were in season. They played that day. They had thirty-eight thousand fans, uh, less than a mile from where the bomb went off. Uh, so yeah, they they had a big presence in that. We got to see their participation uh, in some cases live on TV.
0: David Ortiz, they handed him the microphone that day, and it it, it feels like he he kind of it, as as you said, and and I'd love for you to expand expand on. He kind of changed he was already iconic in terms of of the things that he'd accomplished on the baseball field. He'd be, he'd be forever beloved because of 2004, but it, it, that day, it seemed like it it cemented him at an even higher level.
1: You can make a list. And I think I have of the (laughs) like top 10 non game related moments in Boston sports history. And there's like, the Ray Bork, Bill Esposito, switching seven to 77. Uh, we Love Yakuza is, is up there. Uh, a personal one for me because I was there was the Yaz Day. Uh, it was basically a two-day celebration. Um, that was a, and, and then I guess at the top of the list would be David Ortiz uttering those, uh, those profane remarks uh, before a game against the Kansas City Royals, which clearly resonated with everybody and and there's a simple reason why if you had picked any person in the stands that hey hey you section nine row four seat three uh we'd like you to come on down and and speak so and this guy what yeah you're just a boston guy just come on down and 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 tell us how you feel that person that made up person by me would have said essentially what david ortiz said we'll we to jimmy piss- smith yeah, yeah, well, you're Jimmy Smith, and I also gave a hormone to Steve Buckley, and uh, <laughs> we, uh, we collectively, we mourned, we cried, but we were also pissed off, and, and I think that David Ortiz, with a few very eloquent words, and one not so eloquent word, <laughs> uh, spoke to that as, as well as anybody possibly could have.
0: Might have been the right word in that situation, even if it's not well, the right I, word. <laughs>
1: I, I actually sought the advice of an expert in the field on this, uh, my sister, who was a uh, longtime teacher and school principal at Medford. Uh, a mother, four kids, nine grandchildren. Uh, a, and I just talked to him about this a couple of weeks ago. And I said, Joe, what, what do I write about people? And there were people who said, how dare he? What about the children? The message? The profanity, <laughs> which was all baloney. And and I asked my sister. I said, "How can I put that into words as a, as a writer? You're you're the expert here." And and she gave me. She said something right at the top of her head. It was very eloquent. And and she says there are adult words, and adults choose when and how to use those words, and adults can explain to children. Why they were used at that time? How
0: That's can well I said. improve upon that? That's well said.
1: And and and, and you've got a little kid. I've, I've seen your little kid a hundred times, not a hundred <laughs> times. I actually I saw your son at the uh, at at a Dave McGilvery event, Boston Marathon event, up at yeah. um, Merrimack College a couple of years ago. And and if if your child heard that word in that situation, this big star baseball player. You could simply say it was an adult word used by an adult in a certain situation. And uh, you're not yet an adult. You shouldn't use that word yet, but someday you'll know when and how to use it. And I assure you, he will.
0: I think you probably it with me stubbing my toe. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah,
1: exactly. There there was a lot, there was not, I say a lot, I correct myself. There, 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 there was some, uh, some some chattering from the peanut gallery from a few people who said you know he shouldn't have used that word what the message oh come on <laughs> yeah you're they, gonna make a case on that, given the week we just gone through please
0: you you ran the marathon a year later and when did you when how quickly did you decide you wanted to do that it was that night uh when i I was at the Red Cross,
1: and, and I I only ran the marathon because it was a, what's the term, bucket list item in my sure. life. I thought it would be really cool. And I was enormously pleased and proud that I was able to be a part of the marathon history. I mean, a part of the history you have to look really hard to find, but still. Um, and I, I said that night, I'm going to, they're not going got, to, I got melodramatic in my head. I didn't, I didn't like shove from the mountaintop. top, but in my head, I got melodramatic and I said, they are not going to steal our marathon. And, and then I, um, I went back to Susan Hurley and I, I said, I want to run as a charity run next year. And I ran for, um, ALS because I had gotten chummy with Pete Frades and his family over those years. And, um, I think I ran for, um, ALS therapy development Institute of Cambridge, um, and uh, ran, ran the marathon, and uh, and it was uh, it was even uglier an effort than 2011, as I recall. And uh, but I, you know, there's a famous expression: right on Hereford, left on Boylston. And and that's um, when you when you when you're coming down to the finish line, you you go through that under that that underpass, and then you come up, and then there's Hereford Street. You turn right. And you're climbing up Hereford Street, which when you, you you're you're like three quarters of a mile from finishing the marathon, everybody's legs are like jelly. And that little tiny, tiny incline on Hereford Street is, is like Mount Olympia Olympia. And um, and then you go left on Boylston and you can see the finish line. And and when I climbed up Hereford and took the left on Boylston, I got emotional. I teared up because I thought of, about all the runners who who took that turn and and ran into a calamity within minutes right just one year earlier and you think of um and uh the people who died the people who lost limbs the people whose lives were um uh changed inalterably uh, because of what happened that they both physically and emotionally and and you're thinking that and um and i think a lot of people were because when when i ran the marathon in 11 uh, I mean, it's not exactly a packed house by the time the likes of me are coming across the finish <laughs> line. I mean, I always used to joke that the only people behind me were guys with brooms, you know, <laughs> cleaning up you know, water bottles, and they're taking down the barriers like literally behind me. And and yet on that day, uh, I was very surprised, pleasantly so, uh, that I was coming up paraffin. I could hear noise, and then you t- and you see there's like a gazillion people there. So uh, I. I I'll never forget that that all these people uh, want wanted to be a part of it all day long, and that was pretty special.
0: Where will you be Monday? Where is are you? Are you marking the ten year anniversary in, in any way? Um, not
1: nothing emotional or. Um, uh, I mean, I'll be at the finish line. And uh, I think I'm writing a column. Do, do, do we have a game that night? Bruins are self-excited. They
0: I'm haven't out. officially announced it's going to be a Bruins game, it looks like. Yeah.
1: So, um, I don't know. I, I think what I'll do is uh, I'll go to the – I think what I'm going to do is go to the finish line and sort of soak it all in. And uh, and then I'll go home and gather my stuff and then go back in. I live in Somerville, so it's this is all done easily. Right. Um, I'll just head back to Somerville and maybe change, and then go to the garden, and probably write something there um, rather than write from the uh, media center at the Copley Plaza. And uh, so I have, I have nothing, nothing preordained. In fact, I uh, let me ask you. Let me turn the the camera on you. Are you write sure. off the marathon.
0: So at the uh, I'm planning. So I'm pl- my plan had been from the beginning. To when Otani was gonna face um Yoshida to be at that Red Sox game, and that game is on Monday. Um I'm planning on walk from leaving the Red Sox. I'm, I'm gonna be at the Red Sox game. I'm planning on on just kind of walking through, walking from Fenway through and just kind of feeling it and looking for something. and and if i so if if I find, if uh, it's possible, I'll write three columns on Monday. That I'll write something off of uh, off of the Red Sox. That I'll write something at going through the marathon, and then write something uh, at the at the Bruins later that night. So it's it's possible that that that's, will be the, the way I'm handling it. But I've got some uh, I've got some flexibility.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, it'll be something along those lines with me. Uh, I've I've toyed with, frankly, I've toyed with mixing the Red Sox into it. Uh, i've actually considered you know you mentioned writing three pieces i've actually considered writing one piece where you do part one part two part three and that's um i love how we're sort of discussing our work <laughs> schedules here uh great stuff and uh and and i consider the possibility of doing like one column my day be, i mean obviously hopefully better than this but my day began at fenway park a, you know cool but sunny monday morning as though tiny told the rubber (laughs) and then and then you know after after the third inning i wandered up to you know and so forth and just turn it into um one big story i i I haven't discounted that yet but um i'm still mulling my options
0: there's there's some updike potential (laughs) potential there yeah
1: yeah and uh it it also means that i would be working like a 14-hour day and so am i up for that too so uh we'll see a, um, you, could,
0: you could call that a marathon of, of, of sorts a sports writer marathon of, of, of sorts. Har har. <clears throat> well for uh for, for for people listening you'll be able to read whatever steve writes uh at the athletic on monday or and tuesday if, if uh at the uh, at the end of all of that um steve thank you so much for 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 joining me that uh that was that was great that that's uh It'll be a powerful day in Boston. I, I'm I'm sure, and a lot of people are kind of feeling that in different ways.
1: No, it'll be it'll be memorable, and it'll be. I don't mind saying it'll be fun. It's 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 always great to celebrate, and and yes, there'll be a, a tinge of sadness. But the celebration is that that as I said when I ran the marathon in 14 they didn't take it away from us. They didn't, they didn't have to alter it. They didn't have to <clears throat> have it in such a fashion. Okay. We're going to still have it, but no more people. We're going to keep the people away from Copley square because we don't, and No, know we went on and we picked up the pieces and therein lies the celebration and therein lies the fun. So I would tell people, uh, anyone listening to go into Boston and celebrate, have, have, eat food, drink beer, have fun. It's
0: a, that's what, that's what it's all about.